Hello, Attactioneers. Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Morrow. And I'm your host, Isaac Jessen. Today we're going back in time for a little uh, episode zero reset, if you will. Um, we're going to record, um, I guess, a reintroduction of Taylor and I and our podcast for any new listeners who don't know who we are or the history of the show. This way you don't have to go back and listen to all of the beginning episodes if you want some context. Yeah, because there's many inside jokes and that sort of thing. And we just want everybody to be in the loop, feel included, and not have to stop listening to our podcast because you're listening to like episode three when we like draft (laughs) crucible (laughs) or something some some sort of weird pandemic situation or or listen to all of our battle bro tournament reports which don't mean anything but anyway we'll we'll get into that (laughs) so in the spirit of that we're actually going to break down how you can draft uh, dusk tilt on <laughs> and uh, <laughs> just kidding we're beyond that now apparently <laughs> even though it would be sweet if you could <laughs> better than that yeah so how are you taylor how's, i'm very how's your I'm, spring day i'm very tired um i just was at shout out to thomas dowd uh now thomas frazy dowd mister to to you no longer single he's married i was at his wedding in washington and had a great time i cried multiple times and uh i spoke at the wedding and people seemed to like what i had to say uh but uh i also went after like uh, his wife, who's a person in their her own right, Jane, uh, her family, and they had very heartfelt speeches and that were funny. And then Thomas's dad, who's like a a guy from Queens, and he's hilarious. And then it was me, who I was like, "Hi, I'm everybody's friend. Uh, Thomas and Jane are great." here's some marriage advice, you know? And I came up with like a little joke that uh, nobody thought was funny. So that was great. But other than that, my wedding or my marriage advice was good. So if you need marriage advice, uh, seek professional help. Don't DM me. Nice. Was it same team? Yes. On the same page always. (laughs) <laughs> was one of the things. Um, but nice. the the big reason I'm tired is not from the copious amounts of drinking or the late nights or the amount of times I told Thomas totally. and Jane I love them. It was You're the drive home. man. Yeah, those yeah. things wouldn't wear on you. <laughs> yeah, totally. There was a car accident where one of the cars blew up and we were in some part of rural Oregon where there's like no highway around so it was waited out so eta was 7 30 p.m and then we got home at 11 45 p.m so that's why i'm particularly tired today on monday and i had nice. to work so there's my long story about the how i airlines route yeah 
Yeah. How are you, Isaac? You now talk for 20 minutes about something. No, I'm not going to do that, but I do love springtime. Like everything is vibrant and green. You're out of the long, cold, dark winter. I feel very productive. There's like lots of projects to do and you're getting into it. It's not uh, overbearingly hot all the time, like, you know, in real summer. And I kind of just wish there was more of spring in the year. Nice. Great. That's that's how I'm feeling. <laughs> all right. Spring <laughs> boy. myself and yeah, getting... <laughs> getting worn out yay awesome well let us uh transition into our news portion here at the top uh calling singapore just happened this past weekend uh almost eclipsed by thomas and jane's wedding but i think more people tuned in to the calling singapore uh nick butcher wins the whole freaking thing on old him Yep. His name is Nick the Butcher. You misread my outline notes. Oh, though, sorry. Because he <laughs> is proving to be an extremely consistent player. And, uh, you know, sitting down across from him on old him is like, oh, fuck, you know, great deck, great matchups, and uh, one of the best pilots in the game. So great job, Nick. Yeah. I, uh, that was a really great game. I, was enthralled the whole time. Also, shout out to Hayden Dale and Newson, some of my favorite commentators now. They're just great, you know? And you got to see their faces the whole time, so that was also fun. It's a good stream. Yeah. I enjoyed the it. The commentary team killed it the entire time. Really A-plus work. So, great job, Singapore. Yeah, hire those people <laughs> to do stuff. Get them on the team. I don't yeah. think LSS ever listens to us about anything, but... <laughs> We're going to keep yelling at him to do it. <laughs> I don't, well, I, you know, we're enthusiastically suggesting. Yeah. Get him, James White. Get him. <laughs> uh, dusk till dawn spoilers keep trickling in like a faucet that has a leak and you keep forgetting to call the plumber because you say you're going to do it yourself, but then yeah. you don't. So except it's a good thing, except for it's a good thing. That's right. <laughs> uh, so then what would be a slow drip? That's good. I don't know. Then the bath eventually fills up and you have a, no, that's not good. Yeah. That's gross. The amount of time that would take and the temperature that would be at. Hmm. Um, so Vincent has been spoiled <laughs> on that note. And um, Young Prism, who may or may not be different than Old Prism, has been spoiled and uh, have very interesting hero abilities. But to be honest, not a lot has been illuminated about how either of them really work without the context of their card pools. That's very true. Prism, Advent of Thorns. Whenever a card with Herald in its name is put into Prism Soul during an action phase... You may search your deck for a figment, put it into the arena, then shuffle. New paragraph. Once per <laughs> turn, instant, pay two. Banish, <laughs> banish a card from Prism Soul. Awaken, which is a bold 
it literally is bolded text. Awaken, target figment you control. So pretty crazy. So in theory, your herald hits, you put it in soul, you then search your deck for a figment. Then once that figment is in the arena and you've shuffled, you can once per turn instant pay to banish that herald from your soul and awaken your figment. And what your figment turns into, we have no clue. Yep. Just <laughs> awaken my figment and do something with it. It also sounds you know I mean? like it's like it sounds like a country song, you know? <laughs> awaken my figment. Touch my soul. Totally. Dusty road. You know, something like that. Yeah, it has <laughs> So it has, like, we do know that Prism will use Heralds, but we kind of assume that, right? Because that's kind of the what only else card she got. Yeah. yeah, Auras and Heralds. So um, there's basically no use of Auras still, and uh, we don't know what Figments are. I was kind of assuming all of the Angels would be Invokes like Surya. Um, it's possible that they're invoked by Figments, but that would... To me, that's a, like that would be weird to have the first angel be an invoke and then have that be an outlier and not be the case. So anyway, we'll have to see. Well, also, Balana is a light hero ally, so it might function slightly differently than other things Prism is going to use. But if we also take a look at Luminaris colon Celestial Fury, more Luminaris, Luminaris at home. <laughs> uh, once per turn, instant pay two. So now we're up to four resources on this turn, for instance. Target <laughs> angel attack or attack action card with Herald in its name gets go again. So the turn is very expensive already. If we're using Prism's ability and Luminaris colon Celestial Fury more Luminaris, Luminaris 2, uh fast and furious that's four resources that's a lot of resources yeah it's or you can get up to six if you're playing two two cost heralds right so then a a two blue hand with two red heralds you could do all of this you know it'd come in for like 14 i guess which is like fine for four cards but you know not popped really incredible so a single sixer yep Whole cost curves all fucked up now. So yeah, I don't know about any of this. I don't even know if this is the same as the adult prism. So I'm just kind of waiting to see. I th- I would guess even though they have a different name, same ability. That would be crazy. You think so? So that that means the so. adult prism has 32 health. Yeah. Whoa! It's like another Kano. Well, yeah, because figments are just going to be broken. Who knows, you know? I can, all right, then if what you say is true, then I am on board. That sounds great. Okay, sweet. And then also if we're using Bologna Archangel of War, that's also two resources to attack. So there's your six resources right there. Yep. I like to say Bellina because I think it sounds better. Oh. Less like Bologna, But okay. What about Bayona? You know, like a Spanish double L. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Let's move She's on to Vincent. 
okay. Well, we can go back to the Archangel of War. Vincent, this uh, hero I'm very excited for. It's taking me back to the heydays of Flesh and Blood, which we'll get to. At the start of your turn, banish a card from your hand if you do create a rune chant token. Second paragraph. Whenever you play a shadow non-attack action card, you may pay life, a singular life. If you do, the next rune chant effect that would deal damage this turn can't be prevented. So by can't be prevented, things like ward, uh, crown of seeds, a instant that prevents stuff such as brush off, or Oasis Respite, or that sort of thing. Those effects don't work, but you could, of course, use Arcane Barrier. I think maybe, do you know, does Spell Void not work in this scenario also? Um, shoot, I don't know, honestly. Um, I question. kind of thought Arcane Barrier does not work in this scenario. No, I th- think it does. All right, hold the phone, everyone. Or just keep yelling at us about what the real answer is. We're looking into this. Okay, so Spell Void does not work because it says uh, Spell Void 1, if you would be dealt arcane damage, you may destroy this piece of equipment to to prevent one of that damage. Boom. Yeah, that's the same with Arcane Barrier. Mm. It reads prevent it. So... The deal here is you can pay a life and make an arcane damage unpreventable. And then all of your, if you have dealt arcane damage, this turn effects are guaranteed to hit, Hmm, which in theory could be quite powerful. That's much better than I thought it was. So my rules question for you, although it seems we may be ill-equipped to answer this, (laughs) is that if you pay for that, does it like, pop all of the spectral shields or all of the ward yes that seems absurd i mean it's the same it's just an on-demand ability you know yeah it's the same thing for like malign right that if you had like five spectral shields or whatever that all of those would break with one single malign yeah, but so this on-demand ability, he can, like, kill all of the angels every turn. I don't get it. Yeah, with one single rune chant, and I have confirmation from Patrick. Shout out to Patrick. Always online, always available. Love it. Uh, yeah, that Vincent's ability works on AB. So that's freaking sweet. For so many yeah, reasons. <laughs> well, I already knew that. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just coming to this because that just seemed a little too powerful because things like uh, Shadow Rune Blade cards like uh, rip through reality that if you've dealt arcane damage, it's a, the red is two for four, may play it from Banner Zone. If you've dealt arcane damage this turn, you can it gets go again. So then once you make a singular rune chant, and it pops off and you can't prevent it we got go again so we got an extra action point baby yeah i mean i would argue so this takes us to the second part or first part or whatever of vincent's ability that i really like this design because it 
it still gives you card advantage like with chain and allows you to big build up a big combo play but it's like it's not for free right you don't just get the cards you have to pay a card out of hand per turn to save it for later mm-hmm. so that's a card you didn't block with or play mm-hmm. this turn and you're going to pay a bit of blood debt as well so still can have huge turns still can build big combos but it's not just like banish off the top and then you have 10 cards for like no sacrifice in the you know playing or blocking department so um <laughs> I'm, I'm really interested to see you know how this plays out like as a mid-rangey tempo deck or you know a big combo deck or you know what what the possibilities are once we see vincent's card pool yeah i agree um so it's like with chain the play pattern of like pitch decking and then banishing your deck and then just basically only needing to save two blues in your hand to have access to like you know perhaps six cards to play with was not a big enough cost on using your life total as a resource as i think it maybe was intended to be whereas vincent now is just like okay we're using our health as a resource 100 percent. it's literally on the cards to use it so i i think that is way cooler and is like a more fun design space to play with because we've never seen anything like that so that's really cool and yeah the question of like how many turns is it going to take for you to assemble some sort of like combo-y turn that's cool you know what i mean like you're you you slap down one red seeds of agony one uh rift bond or rip through reality draw into red meet and greet and like your tunics up and you have a blue basically and uh you can go seeds of agony pay a life rip through reality now comes in and has go again and then you can also play uh whatever that card is i just said meet and greet and that has go again because you've dealt arcane damage and then you can follow up with rosetta you know for a blue and a tunic resource basically so that's a pretty strong turn you know that's a 12 plus damage 13 14 if you let freaking meet and greet hit so yes um you cannot use vincent to give seeds the unblockable ability though because it is not a rune chant yep but but it's a shadow shadow non-attack action card so when you play it you can pay a life you know and if you've any one of those cards you've banished is a rune chant or is a uh card you've banished from your hand and that makes a rune chant so then you that's the rest of the loop there yeah yeah yep yep i see i'm picking up what you're putting down (laughs) so uh, the last thing i will say about vincent's ability is uh also you can tell we're not a prism podcast we're a one of us is a shadow (laughs) runeblade podcaster is that it allow it seems like it's a creative ability like i i would be able to um you know the decision on which card to banish if to banish one and when to pay your life for the uh non-preventable rune chant damage etc seems 
really cool. Like the creativity in those decisions and stuff, I think is going to be really fun. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, agreed. Um, and just to clarify, I'm actually pretty excited for this new uh, prism, but uh, <laughs> we just like don't know what she does, right? Right. <laughs> so it's hard to talk about, um, you know, her ability or potential play lines. But I, the last thing I guess I wanted to talk about about Vincent was that there's no, so there's no auto go again anymore either, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of these cards like like Bounding Demagon or whatever just go way down in value because yeah. if you're whatever card you're saving, you're paying Blood Dead on, and then if you save it for long enough to make it worth it, then it's, you know, you're just getting like net zero value if you're dealing three damage and taking three damage maybe you play it the same turn you banish it but anyway i'm interested to see how those play lines um play out and like where your go again comes from right like are we doing lead the charges um obviously shadow puppetry still a great card right and uh you know art of war still probably a powerhouse um but Captain's are you gonna, call. yeah are you gonna run like nine mobs guys or you know what's right you know how much of a like a viscerai chain hybrid is this going to be so yeah which if that's what it really is is a viscerai chain hybrid i mean i don't they don't need to print any more characters for me ever yeah they've done it thank you thank you uh i appreciate it now just don't ll really fast um yeah, I think we're also going to find out like, oh, right. So many of the Shadow Runeblade cards are very bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, when but, they're not like free and have go again. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Bounding Demigod, terrible. Riftbind, terrible. You know, like if I can't play 12 Seeds of Agonies and a Howl from Beyond and it has a go again. <laughs> comes in for 40 stupid bad card yeah or if you have to put them in there one at a time <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> yeah uh, it also gets rid of the kind of the awkward like um it was always just so awkward playing against chain because you would only see half of your deck ever so like as as the opponent right. playing against chain like i would only see half of my deck ever so there's some games you're like, well, I didn't see these cards or I didn't see that, you know, it's it's just weird playing a game where your opponent sees their whole deck and you only see half of yours. And I know that Chain has random banishes and it's not quite that simple. But um, uh, my point being just with Vincent, you should be on equal ground or moving through your decks at equal speeds again. So the the pitch stack and counterplay, et cetera, um, will be maybe a bit more engaging. I guess. Yeah. I'm excited. We'll see what happens. Okay. You got any shout outs? I do. Uh, Let's hear it. It's pride month. Happy pride month. Everybody out there who's celebrating both those in the LGBTQ community and those allies. Really exciting and huge shout out to what I think is one of the coolest things that's happened in flesh and blood i think in easily this year uh is the rainbow pitch league which is a 
Fab League for Women and Gender Minorities, uh, spearheaded by Kiki, who's on Twitter. Kiki's great. Uh, I met them briefly in Worlds. Um, they're a really awesome community member in New Zealand, along with Melody from the Pitch Perfect pod, also New Zealander, and uh, Elaine, also from Pitch Perfect. So those three are spearheading this situation. There's some real real heavy hitters in there. Pro Tour runner-up Mara uh, from Blackwing Studios, Yuki Lee Bender, friend of the show, and, uh, you know, Empress of Arrows or something like that. Queen of the Bullseye. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, they're really going all out. They're making, um, uh, you know, like bios on yeah. Twitter and stuff yeah. and all that. I saw some funny signs that people are putting up this time around that are like, uh, uh, what does it say? Like, wishing all the homophobes a very uh, uncomfortable month. <laughs> yeah that totally funny yeah so good thanks so yeah that's my shout out how about for right. you isaac i just wanted to shout out arsenal pass i know that's like being a dead horse at this point but <laughs> you know i just feel like we all just take them for granted at this point and they're just very like steadfast right like putting out quality content every week over the years and are just like the anchor to the um I don't know, content creation of flesh and blood. So great job guys. Just still doing it. Still doing a great job. Um, we still appreciate you. Even if we're just taking you for granted and you know, like, <laughs> where's the next episode already or whatever. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Great, great, great dudes. Friends of the show, Mr. Brendan Patrick and Hayden dance man, Dale. So yeah, great shout outs. Okay, promotions before we get into the main topic. So uh, I can't iterate this enough that our show is l- audience supported. So uh, everything's free. Our content is free and we put it out there for you to enjoy. And uh, nothing really is behind a paywall. So if that is important to you and what we're what we do is important please think about spending the you know the minimum amount which is four dollars a month that's a dollar a week that's basically a dollar an hour it's less than a dollar an hour of content we make in a month so pretty affordable and it means a lot to us you get access to our discord and uh one exclusive podcast we do which isn't even fab related. Uh, it's called the time snap potion. And we just talk about whatever we want. Because we got, yeah, we got extra action points. So we just get a banter about whatever there. So if you really enjoyed the beginning of this podcast and want more of it, that's a great place to get uh, more of that. So think about joining the Patreon, you know, patreon.com slash tack action podcast. I think some some sort of shit like that (laughs) hold hold the door (laughs) uh yep slash attack action podcast there we go uh lastly or last couple of things uh we're still doing voice memos so if you have a question for any upcoming episodes that you want on the podcast i recommend that you take out your phone use your voice memo app 
attach it to an email and send it to us, the attack action podcast at gmail.com, and we'll play it live on the show and answer it. And you'll get 20 seconds of fame from your hearing your voice on your favorite podcast. So that's always very fun. Last promotion is the Battle Hardened LA, baby. It's uh, being hosted by Arcane Games and Events, also a friend of the pod. And we did it last year. Me and Isaac were part of the commentary team for the inaugural Battle Hardened LA. And what a ride. It was so much fun, etc. So that's popping off Saturday the 24th, followed by the AG Open on Saturday the 25th, both in the month of June. I will be there at Battle Hardened LA on the commentary team uh, alongside, you know, some real bangers of commentators, Mitch, Uber, Leslie, uh, Sam. Colin Honigman. Oh, shit, Colin's not going to be there. He's not going to be there. Blake Meyer. Sorry, edit that out. Blake Meyer. <laughs> be, he'll be there. <laughs> He's famous. Uh, whatever the hell Sam's last name is. Sam, why can't I remember your last name right now? O'Brien. Yell it, yell it louder into the car stereo. Yeah, totally. Sorry, Sam. Um, yep, it's O'Brien. O'Brien? Oh, shit. Okay, whatever. Sam, he's great. From for three floating. You can just fix all this in post. I'll fix it all and in post. Have, you will have remembered the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, totally. <laughs> that's how that's how other people do it. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but that's part of the charm of our shit is that we just kind of just let it happen, you know. I, no, I'm just kidding. I know we're not going to fix it. And but we me. love you anyway, Sam. <laughs> and me, and I'll be there. So we're going to do that, and it's going to be great, and it's going to be fun, and it's going to be on YouTube. So check that out on YouTube. So that's my last <sighs> promotion. Do you have anything, Isaac, or should we just get right into this main topic? If you can't make the AG event or, you know, this battle hardened or whatever, um, definitely check them out online because their, their production, their streams and commentary and just like tournament production is like the best uh, I've seen yet you know 100 um, or like rivals worlds or like a pro tour or something like that for sure um so they just make a it a, an inv- a very enjoyable time um to watch their tournaments so check them out hell yeah oh last thing an apology i have an apology mm-hmm. so to sam we were already sorry, sam. <laughs> <laughs> oh I even sent Sam a message like, hey, I'm going to be in town. You, we should hang out, you know? Jesus. <laughs> uh, on, I think, the last podcast episode we did, I was rather wheezy. I have allergies and lots of grass at my house. And the one time Colin came over here, he almost died from allergies. Uh, anyway, I was a little wheezy on the cast leaning into the microphone. And I think you could just hear me like, <laughs> you know, and so I apologize to all the listeners who <laughs> dealt with that. 
one time early on recording, I was talking and you just like sighed really loudly. I think not because you're exasperated, but you know, for whatever reason, and you just sighed right in your mic. But I think for some reason you thought it wasn't like audible in, in the last <laughs> episode like, or, or yeah, just in like, general. All right. I guess that's in there. <laughs> Well, it's like as the pod goes on, I get like a little tired and lean closer and then like forget to not be right here. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm trying to be better. Uh, Okay. Main topic. Yeah. Do you want to bring us in? Do you want to dive deep? Yeah. You know me. I love cliff diving in Mexico. One of my hobbies. Deep diver. Totally. And I am a cowboy astronaut in my spare time. (laughs) Oh, great. Welcome to our our biopic. (laughs) Let me take you all back to a time called the COVID-19 global pandemic, which I know. It's still happening to this day in 2023, but in its heyday, (laughs) uh, me and Isaac were sitting around the kitchen table playing fab one day. And I just was like, dude, you want to have a podcast with me? And Isaac was like, shit. Yeah. And then basically three years later, here we are, you know, almost four years. We almost have four years. I feel like this is three years we're coming up on. I think we're coming up on three years. Who knows? Who knows? You know what I mean? Just in general, not just only for the podcast timeline, but I'm 35 now. I, you know, who fucking knows when anything happened in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also 35. Yeah. Um, Um, Yeah. So we were, we were, you know, deep, deep in the pandemic and uh you know needed a new game we tried a couple games and dove into flesh and blood and then yeah taylor had the idea to make a podcast and we were like we have we have this video chat app where you like record a video message and send it to each other um shout out to marco polo yeah and we were just like like i was at work and taylor was you know at work at home or whatever and we were just sending messages back and forth like all day about like oh and what if you do this with it just talking about lines of decks and like ideas because we had three sets of card pool just like brand new to us and there was very little content or like tournament footage or any of that stuff so having to figure out or getting to figure out the whole (laughs) the gamut of all of these heroes and all of these cards um was a very fun process for us we you know, we had a lot to think about and delve into at the start there. Yeah, totally. So uh, rewinding the clock even further, uh, we as a, adult men in our late 20s were really into a child's game, Star Wars Destiny, which had these big chonky dice and stuff. And we got really into that for a little bit. And then the game kind of like sucked after fantasy flight also just, yeah, 
Yeah, totally. It just did it into the ground and then stomped on our dreams. Yeah, it didn't do great. But there was like this brief window where it was really awesome. Um, And we were playing that and I just had that was just so fun. And I just had so much wistful nostalgia, even though it was like, you know, a year or two ago. And we had just kind of been trying to figure out if we could recreate that magic. And we tried it a, a number of different games and flesh and blood was the one that really stuck. And, you know, not only is it like a great game, uh, it also was like at a really great time for us to formulate a friendship bubble with two of our other friends, Mitch and Troy, shout out to both of them. And at the time there were two sets basically with crucible of war coming out and in those two sets there were four heroes each so each of us we could all split boxes uh in in quarters basically and that worked out really well and was really fun and that's how we just kind of started playing flesh and blood and there was like no ops and stuff and and it is three years we started first episode is august 25th 2020 so we're it's it's june 12th we're almost at our uh three-year anniversary which is pretty cool nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and so i played azalea and reinar to start um and yeah it made it really like easy and affordable and like you know i didn't want to crack boxes trying to collect the entirety of each set and try to like master each hero and then i would like find a hero i liked and i would have cards for a hero that i never played and yada yada you know so this just like boiled it down to like a very digestible level especially to first you know start getting into it also yeah post destiny i don't think we were ever going back like yeah all we did was play together and occasionally at like a very local small store tournament, but we just had too much fun with that whole thing. And that was kind of our first like real TCG, you know, competitive right. yeah. experience or casual experience or whatever. So, um, you know, we were, we were Jones in for a replacement. We totally were in flesh and blood, uh, filled that niche like really well especially because it had like uh, heroes. It was very hero centric. And that was one of the things we really liked about destiny. And so you could just like glom onto heroes. So I picked Dorinthia and Viscerai were my two heroes. Um, and surprisingly, Dorinthia has really fallen by the wayside. I play it basically none. I'm thinking actually of selling all of my uh, Dorinthia cards because I just don't play it and don't want to play it really. So anyway, uh, so why why did you pick that? Like oh, right. when you're playing when you're playing a game like a board game or like reading a, a, a you know like a fantasy book or like you know like what what kind of archetype or what characters what flavor really appeals to you? Nice, great question. <laughs> and is probably more engaging than me uh just going to go back through our catalog of episodes and talk about each one of them in chronological reverse order to catch everybody <laughs> up <laughs> um uh so dorinthia was really appealing because i enjoyed the 
being a weapon-centric hero that was all about the sword, and it was this fun sword play, bluffing, gotcha scenarios, you know? Um, so that was that was really fun. And then it kind of wound up being like really good and especially really good in Blitz. And there's something about when a hero is like the best sometimes that I'm like, nah, that's not fun anymore. You know what I mean? But Viscerai was always my like my guy. Like uh the mixed arcane and physical attacks plus like kind of the combo-y nature and at that time like you know underpowered kind of shitty uh you know deck was just like really appealing um and still is you know actually i like viscerai not as much right now and, and miss the days of trying to like play slogism into amplify and then use rattle bones to play it a second time you know like i i miss that uh those were those were the good days uh but yeah so i really like that and it's one of the reasons rune blade is like one of my favorite classes is just that that mix of arcane and physical which is like my favorite thing to do in fantasy role-playing games and stuff like that um what about you isaac what was so appealing about your two heroes yeah so i was gonna say i do know what you mean like if a hero is too good sometimes like it is fun to do powerful things and play a good deck and play it well and you know beat your opponent but if you know if your hero is just better than most of the other heroes after a while of playing it pretty soon you're like well i'm not really like figuring out any puzzles or like exploring any wild line you know and so i definitely get like looking looking to delve into another hero to just have like a fresh challenge to overcome you know yeah um, i really like i definitely fell in love with azalea starting out because i always like you know i like to out maneuver my opponent right like i like um I like the hit effects and I like to, I like the, you know, tricky dance around my, my foe and, uh, you know, make better exchanges than them. And, um, you know, a lot of times you're kind of the David versus Goliath situation and it feels really good to just like play really tight and like eke it out, even though you seemed unfavored and under armored and, you know, um, like you would certainly not win. So I do really, really appreciate that. I also, Reinar um, is not typically my type of deck, but I grew to really, really appreciate it because back then, and you know, probably still now, but the game has evolved quite a lot. But back then it was like um, a lot more nuanced than it seemed at face value. Like it was a deck of like, very intelligent exchanges and choosing appropriate windows. So I appreciate the, uh, I guess the small nuances that that deck presented, especially in matches where you like played your whole deck and you both pitch stacked and you know, all that. Um, but I hear you. I have not played Reinar in a long time. I don't really know how to play it anymore, especially <laughs> with all the new cards, 
Uh, I'm not going to sell my cards because the Reinar collection is worthless, but um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, it For me to delve back into Reiner, it's going to take LSS like moving away from the die rolling kind of RNG aspect, which they kind of leaned into with cards that they gave the brute class. And that is a part of it that I do not enjoy at all. Um, I did really, really love and still do love playing Leviah. So I am still very invested in the brute class. I'm just looking for another dimension to be added to it rather than just like more cards to roll dice or discard random cards. Right. Like, uh, you know, I like to be in control, <laughs> you know, I don't want to add extra RNG to my game. Totally. I totally understand that. And it's one of the things that like, I've never enjoyed about playing brutes is, uh, you have to hashtag be okay with brute life. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, that's pretty tough, tough for me. So, so yeah, inter- it's just, I also find it very interesting that, uh, our WTR heroes have really fallen by the wayside, but our arcane rising heroes are still strong and near and dear to our hearts. And our monarch heroes are also up there in terms of, you know, places in our soul. Yeah. So just interesting, you know, it also has to do with our journey, you know, and I, and speaking of our journey, I think that's, you know, if you really did want to listen to those beginning episodes, what, what you're going to find. And I think what is part of the appeal of a lot of those early bits of that podcast, especially in the, you know, context of what was happening in the world was, uh, you know, people who were finding this game on their own and were along for the ride with us on what we were doing and trying to come up with and learn about and, and that sort of thing. And, you know, there were no tournaments. So we would like make up our own tournaments with the four of us. But like, you know, if everybody plays each other, that's only like three games. So we would like come up with different ways to play the game kind of. And we were always playing for the champion's chalice, which was like this uh, gauntleted cup, basically, uh, that you got to lord over everybody at the next Battle Bros tournament. And we would try to do those like monthly or something like that. And we'd come up with different formats. Uh, sometimes it'd be draft. Sometimes it would be like bring two decks and you play, give one to somebody else and they have to play your deck and then you get to play the yeah. other deck and, and shit like that, you know? I really enjoyed uh, getting creative with our tournaments, right? Because, yeah, one was you play with your deck the first round and then, or the first rounds of Swiss. And then the second day, all the decks go on a hat and you just draw a random deck and then play with that one. Yeah. You have to do the best. Or, yeah. you know, we play CC for three rounds and then we play Blitz for three rounds or, you know, whatever. And we would um, mix it up. It actually... Classic Constructed is my favorite format, but I do miss having a different tournament every month 
<laughs> it was very enjoyable. Yeah. And everybody complained about Worlds' this try format, whereas we have been <laughs> training since day one for shit like that. Um, so, yeah. So that's kind of what those early episodes are and, um, you know, what we were up to. And then uh, the world slowly was able to kind of uh, come back together or figure out how to play games, really, in they opened up like webcam games as a way to play and organize tournaments over discord and that sort of thing. So we had a a skirmish season that was basically webcam games. And uh, I think was meant to be kind of a casual entry point (laughs) into the game, but there was enough of us try hard sweaties that were like, I just want to like be, be good and have a competitive outlet. So skirmishes, online skirmishes quickly became just like a 125 person bloodbath of all of the best players on the best decks with a smattering of poor meat bags out for the slaughter. <laughs> yeah. Cause you could play remotely. Like it would be the 60 best players in North America would be like, at this skirmish because yeah. it's the only thing happening anywhere, you know? Yeah. Um, which was kind of gnarly. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, and uh shout out to Colin. Yep. Who won one of those early on, on Kano and uh, shortly after joined our podcast. Yeah. So, you know, one of my best friends in the whole world now is Colin. And uh, we just met him through, the game online stuff like he in the purple discord back when it was small enough and like cool enough (laughs) back in the day to like hang out in uh somebody was talking about spoilers and we had some sort of uh inside joke about a new wizard coming out called Pano, who's kano's little brother or something like that yeah a little angsty emo little brother (laughs) yeah yeah Pano and uh, Colin made a, a reference to that inside joke from one of our episodes in the discord when I mentioned something and I screenshotted it and sent it over to Isaac and was like, we have a fan. People listen to our <laughs> podcast. And so his name was recognizable. And then he, he, you know, started doing stuff in skirmishes and organized a whole tournament that we were a part of. And, and we just fucking had him on the podcast and then, became friends with him that skirmish actually there's a lot to unpack actually in that that whole skirmish it was like over a hundred people we were in there and at the time there was this other american podcast outcast haven and some of their hosts were there there were three of them and i just issued a challenge over the the players waiting area that we were going to play for who gets to be america's podcast and they accepted, but they had three members. So we just said, okay, we get Colin because he was the only other person we knew there who wasn't from Outcast Haven. And uh, then Colin wound up winning the whole thing and carried our team for an overall better record than them. And since then, we've been America's Flesh and Blood premier podcast. Um, but we don't say that often because we don't like to brag. So. <laughs> 
Yeah, only like eight <laughs> times over the past couple of years. <laughs> Isaac has vetoed me every time I've been like, we should just add that into our intro. Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast, <laughs> America's Flesh and Blood Podcast, you know, uh, which we fought hard for and uh, rode the coattails of Colin. So after that, we basically had to add him to the team, um, you know, because of that. Yeah. <laughs> and as as Colin informed us, um, we started our podcast at a pretty opportune time because we were getting like four of us because of our rural living and like I had a job outside and, you know, a number of us didn't work and stuff. So we were able to have a very small COVID bubble and like play in person and like drink beers and play together late at night and talk about it. And all of these things that uh, a lot of people were, you know, not able to do and missing out on. So um, a lot of our early fans and our early growth was due to people just kind of living vicariously through us getting to explore this exciting new game in person and just like be best friends all together. Um, you know, so as people around the country and around the world, were trying to get into this game and, you know, find, you know, look for experiences like this, um, they were able to follow us on our journey as well. So, um, I know that's part of how Colin, um, followed and found us and you know it was definitely a good i know it sounds weird like starting a card game and <laughs> podcast in covid doesn't sound like a recipe for success but it ended up in the long run being um a good good jumping off point for us it totally was um <clears throat> and uh you know shortly after that you know, the, we finally, not shortly, what seemed like 5,000 years of no new cards. Um, we <laughs> Monarch comes out and we get freaking spoilers in a brand new set. And now there's talents and there's blood debt and there's souls and it's angels versus demons. And the game is crazy. And we're just like, I mean, I can remember losing our fucking minds <laughs> in i have a little cottage on my property and nobody was living at it in the time and we would <clears throat> play our games over there and record our episodes and spoilers were coming out like after we recorded a podcast or whatever and we were just fucking out of control losing our minds like what the fuck is urser like i don't know but i gotta have an urser you know or you know shit like that and just it was awesome it yeah, was so great because the game didn't didn't have any of these mechanics before yeah. just playing welcome to wraith games of incremental exchanges <laughs> was like a very tame version compared to you know what became the chain combo built up against arc like sentinel and like yeah instant speed action points and you know like all of this <laughs> wildness so it was yeah. very exciting i think we released three episodes on spoiler season leading <laughs> up to monarch it was a long time though it was like nine months or something we waited through COVID and no events totally and it was a that was long not a great time for a podcast <laughs> yeah totally <laughs> I know, but we made it work. It was a long spoiler season too. And it was like every day at like whatever New Zealand time wound up being like 5 p.m. our time. Discord would just go crazy with spoilers and we would just be like constantly messaging back and forth, all of us 
all of the time over everything, you know, and it and it was awesome. A plasma fet? What's a plasma fet? Oh my god, you know. So cool. <sighs> it was great. Sure. And then after that, we they we the world was able to come together a little bit and we got road to nationals and the very first calling in Vegas. And so we trained our freaking little butts off and traveled to every single road to Nats we could to qualify for nationals. And it turned out that like we weren't that bad at the game and we like top aided and won events and, and uh, we, we did pretty good at the calling Vegas. And then we did super good at nationals. Like, you know, it was, it was an awesome time for sure. Yeah, it was a, it was a definitely a, it was kind of a bizarre experience coming from our little, like, you know, cocoon of just the four of us having only played each other ever. And then played in a couple skirmishes with randoms online and just like, not having a lot of exposure or experience. Um, and then road to Nat season's coming. So we start playing together a bit over webcam and testing and like Taylor starts breaking down the chain deck and, you know, uh, getting reps on it and stuff, but still we're, I mean, everybody's like fairly isolated and really doesn't know much about much. There's not like podcasts and gameplay all over the place to like have the meta broken in a week for you. It's like very unknown. But then, yeah, we traveled, you know, our four or five hours to road to nationals and uh, Taylor's taken down events with the chain deck he built. So that was, uh, it was cool to come out of our little, our little isolated meta and then like work things out and practice and then, yeah. uh, you know, see success at it. It was pretty surreal being at my first ever like turn card tournament and then winning the whole thing going 9-0 was nuts. I was just like, wow, this is crazy. I mean, you know, part of it was like chain was absolutely broken. You know what I mean? Uh, so that was part of it. Uh, yeah, but you beat the other chains as well. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. So just had a good plan and had a lot of practice and it, and it worked out. Um, and then we qualified for nationals and <clears> – <throat> In a kind of slightly typical Isaac fashion, he decides like last minute he's going to fly across the country and go to Florida. He's going to participate in nationals, you know, (laughs) and I I can't do it because I can't afford it because I'm unemployed and I don't really want to go to Florida during COVID and in all of this, you know, and and so me and Isaac get, you know, a couple of test games in and this is after Tales of Aria happens. So we play at at Vegas, you know, and the world premiere of Tales of Aria. And it's, it's, it's crazy. It's insane. You know, um, I, I punt a little bit on day two and don't top eight that calling, but it was fine. Like, I didn't think I was going to top eight it anyway. I just was hanging out with Dante Del Fico and he was like, you could do it. And I was like, Oh my God. And then I got too nervous and, and failed. Um, still did very well though. I did very well. I top 25 that thing. So I, I cashed it, which was sick. Um, Um, go ahead. Part of nationals invites though, was like, I got invited on XP. Yeah. Which was crazy. Uh, I did not think I would cause I didn't play in a lot. I played in like three events or something. 
Um, so I got an XP invite, which they send you way after the road to Nats winner invites get sent. So anyway, that was part of the last, well, it was also a last minute decision, but it was also <laughs> just really weird that like, you know, road, road to Nats invites get sent and then like three weeks later or something, XP invites get sent. And then I, I like open my email and it's like, well, that's wild. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was nuts. What the whole thing is insane because Briar is just an unstoppable monster at this moment, and which we only find out a a week or two weeks before. It's like so soon, less than two weeks before nationals, we find this out. Yeah, we're like, uh, oh shit, this deck is crazy, and it's cheer. It's OG Cheerios Briar. Yeah. You you may have heard the rumblings of how broken it was. And it was. It was like just as broken as Chain. Um, and Chain is still really good. So everybody's just like, fuck, all these Rune Blades are so good. Fuck Rune Blade. Rune Blade sucks. Blah, blah, blah. I hate Rune Blade. <laughs> and Isaac comes up with this idea. And partly because we, at this point, still have like separate tiny card pools of cards you know and so yeah, isaac like, plays I can't play briar <laughs> yeah isaac plays ranger though and lexi comes out in tales of aria so he has all of the lexi cards and he, he just goes like well fucking briar doesn't pitch any cards and has a bunch of reds that don't block what if i just made ice lexi and just freeze him out of the game and we play like a couple of tester games I give him some advice, like less than five, maybe three total. And Isaac takes that information, takes his Ice Lexi deck, and just fucking goes on an absolute rampage in top eights nationals, full of fucking briars. Incredible. And it's a mixed format too, right? Yeah. 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 I also went five and one in draft, totally. fortunately. <laughs> yeah. And all of uh, our like four-man pod six-man pod drafts we've been just not even like grinding to test but just doing it because it's a different way to play the game and really fun and we're just like really really enjoying draft and exploring that format and Isaac just top eights the calling and it's incredible I'm over at Troy's house we're watching it on the big screen and it's like seven in the morning and you win your first round, right? You win. Semi- no, I lost in the quarters of top eight. Okay, so you're playing quarters, and it's just like you're you're playing Briar. You're so far ahead. Everybody's seeing how incredible this deck is. You play three of a kind, and you draw up, and your body language absolutely just changes. And I just say to Troy, "Oh fuck, he didn't draw an arrow." And you just have to like arsenal pass and it allows your opponent to get back in the game and you lose. And it was just, it was heartbreaking because it's just like the craziest thing that would have made us so fucking famous. (laughs) If you had won nationals (laughs) on a rogue deck, you know what I mean? And I'm not sure if anybody still remembers how insane that was. You know, like your run as Ice Lexi was prolific. Because then later, like Yuki Lee Bender also has a similar idea 
at Canadian Nats and wins the whole thing, you know? So anyway, that's Isaac's story I told for him. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, that was a great, that was a very big learning experience for me as well. Cause I had had a lot of reps on Ranger, not Lexi, but on Ranger <laughs> in general. And, um, I guess I had played at the calling Vegas. So this was like my second big tournament and I was like pretty exhausted from all the decision points and the long days. Um, and, uh, yeah, even in that final turn, like I didn't see an attack action for like at least eight cards straight, which sucked. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> there's like decision points around that turn that I could have, uh, played like better um and so I, I learned quite a lot about like like micro decisions or um i don't know i guess just how to how to value cards how to hedge your bets and just like how to like play optimally in a turn rather than just be like well it'll be fine like the odds are overwhelmingly in my favor to just like draw an attack here you know um so yeah, it was a very yeah, at the time it was a huge roller coaster. And like <laughs> since then it was a very, I guess, pivotal, pivotal uh moment in my I guess competitive card game career. But yeah. Totally. And um and then since then <laughs> well, like so that kind of springboards us into kind of the ability and the notoriety to start getting like guests and fans, et cetera. You know what I mean? And so it, it just gave us a, that, that season, whatever those, those, all of those events kind of um, make it. So I don't know. And we had good talks with Colin at Vegas of just like, let's try to do better at podcasting and content creation. And so that's kind of just the wave we've been riding since then is trying to just be uh, really good podcasters and content creators. And we've done a lot of different things and we've done interviews and we have a great spoiler video from Everfest and deck techs, et cetera, you know? So um, yeah. And our lives and have changed a, a lot too, as well. Go ahead. Yeah, it's a like it's an interesting line to walk where you know, we we don't ever want to kind of lose the like the soul of our podcast and our content, right? Like we want to stay who we are and create the content we want. But we at the same time want to, you know, put in the best effort we can and produce the best content we can and, you know, grow our platform and, you know, be successful while again, not just becoming like a mechanism for clicks or like, right. yeah, you know, promote being promotional or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I think we've definitely done a really good job of staying true to that while still like, you know, um, ramping up our content and, uh, really making the effort, like definitely always like to, you know, kind of do my homework and prepare for a podcast we do rather than just like wing it. And then after the fact, feel like, nah, I could have, I could have done better at that, especially like, um, you know, topical issues or, you know, things we're trying to teach, um, just making the effort to make a quality product 
has definitely been really important to us. Yeah, I know there's like a lot of dick jokes and fucking around on this podcast, but those are all planned. <laughs> <laughs> That's the illusion. When I fucked up Sam's name earlier, that was yeah. a bit we practiced the whole time to make it seem extremely natural. <laughs> Part of the formula, yeah. <laughs> Take 17. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, and uh, that was like, you know, we, we started a, a mission statement, vision statement to try to, you know, give us some sort of direction and lens in which to you know make our content our art basically you know um and it's been an amazing ride and i'm really proud of like a lot of the episodes we've done especially like kind of the evergreen uh episodes uh i think i think me and colin did a uh a new player FAQ. I think it's episode 58. Uh, And that kind of breaks down a lot about being a new player and also links to just a list of episodes I think are really good for everybody to listen to. And some of the ones we're, we're uh, most proud of and that sort of thing. So that's a great place to go to uh, if you need to kind of filter through all of our our episodes in our bullshit and that sort of thing um isaac let's so we've talked a lot about our flesh and blood career um and in a bit of our journey i i would like to talk a bit about us as people and as friends because i think we skipped over that a lot (laughs) just now so will you tell the listeners at home like who you are what our relationship is um and like you know what what do you do when you're not making these thousands of not even thousands millions of dollars from podcasting (laughs) um so yeah, Taylor and I played soccer together when we were six years old. Taylor wore a belt on the outside of the uniform, <laughs> and I had a little brother who was a musical genius. <laughs> so a, maybe those were, that's was that awful. you or was that me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that was you. That, that was, and we, uh, we basically... <laughs> wait, but... I do we have a little brother who's a, who's a musical genius. You don't, though. <laughs> you have a little sister. <laughs> I I know. Okay. Um, Is that yeah, one so of the the best? We grew up together. Um, the best lies are those that are also have a truth next to them type of type of deal. <laughs> yeah, you pull from your own life. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, carry on. Carry on. Yeah. Uh, um yeah so we we grew up together basically and became good friends in high school or best friends in high school rather um having played sports together pretty much all of our lives and we started to like dabble in board games a little bit in high school like i played magic in junior high i think we played twilight imperium i think i played once in high school or something but we started to you know really find ourselves you know like 
oh shit being a nerd is fucking awesome like i love this <laughs> i love this shit you know <laughs> and uh you know uh we went off to college separately and I, you know, I didn't really get into board games um, until after college or any kind of card games or anything, but the seed had always been planted. Um, and as we like card games and board games and, um, you know, f- fantasy stuff and competition and all that, we also have like Taylor and I have been best friends through like playing basketball and soccer together um playing rock or uh playing rock climbing together <laughs> for like a, a lot of years and taking a lot of trips um you know exploring the outdoors and uh you know yeah we've been best friends self-competitive streaks fulfilled you know uh, yeah in many ways in, for in sure that way yeah we've been best friends for over 20 years right yeah easily oh yeah okay yeah so there you go anyway continue <laughs> which is oh, sorry it just know. blew there's, my mind when i did so the tell <laughs> when i did the math i was like okay so we were like probably best friends we were like 15 16 okay we're 35 sick 20 years awesome that's crazy <laughs> yeah definitely um so yeah i guess post you know post college and I guess when we both moved back home at some point, we got into, you know, playing board games together. Um, yeah. You start off probably everybody's gateway board game is like Catan or whatever, right. but then you play like increasingly complex board games and leave that behind really quickly. And then there's like, never, there's no going back. Everybody knows this. It's just <laughs> like, it's a, it's a wonderful spiral. It is. We had one uh, pretty amazing summer together too, where, you had gotten me some sort of you got me a like handyman job with you where we would just go clean up this logging operation that happened on this person's property and we would just like wake up so fucking early it probably wasn't that early but it felt super fucking early get the gigantitous coffees we could at the coffee shop and then uh, drive your little <laughs> Red Ranger truck like a little too fast out into the buttfuck middle of nowhere <laughs> and just saw logs like all day long and then come home to your place, stop at the store, get beers, chips, meat, cheese, and then just like drink and <laughs> yeah. play video games until probably a little too late and then like rinse and repeat that. And that was like so yeah. fun. <laughs> one Dude, of the, be- the best. One of the, one of the best summers ever. Yeah, yeah. This was like in between years of college, maybe or something like that. It was pretty early, and it was like when you could drink beer till you know two thirty in the morning, and then go like run a chainsaw for eight hours, no problem. No problem. You know, yeah, do it repeatedly. Yeah. <laughs> Just be mildly dehydrated. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Now I, I get one night of like less than optimal sleep and we're like, we're playing catch up the following night. You know, it's, we don't feel great. Yeah, totally. But yeah, it was a, it was a great time. And you know, one of our most, one of my fondest memories with you in our, in our friendship. We've, we've spent a lot of time also in the fucking middle of nowhere wilderness, like, 
cold and shivering climbing rocks together <laughs> and having these really intimate moments uh-huh. where we're both sharing our fear and our accomplishments and we're like sometimes like kind of half naked and freezing and stuff you know and, and sharing like a really little tent together <laughs> so we you know Literally, this thing happens in rock climbing where you're two dudes alone in the wilderness with nobody for miles around, but you're standing like really, really close together and like breathing on each other. Cause you have to tie in together, you know, and talking about how you're like, you feel kind of sick from apprehension or whatever. <laughs> so, just two dudes standing shirtless one foot apart with nobody for miles. <laughs> totally. And you say dumb shit. Like, Sit in sore, bro. And you have a secret handshake and then your, <laughs> your friend goes up the rock <laughs> and then probably falls partway through and kind of throws a tantrum and you, you know, help them through that also. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Great. <laughs> great way to build a friendship, though. It was really good. Oh, totally. Um, and- so what did I miss? What did I uh, did I? Did I leave any holes or whatever in that very brief recount of our uh, years together? You know, what would you like to share? Well, no, I would just share who we are now. So, uh, so now I have a career as a high school teacher and athletic director, and I'm also uh, the head boys basketball coach at the high school I work at. And, um, we're a very good basketball team. So like in the winter, it's really hard for me to play flesh and blood, uh, because I am winning championships, uh, shout out to my basketball team. Yeah, totally. Back to back league champs. First, second time in school history ever that we've won back to back league champs. Uh, and then we also won, we just had a rally today for it. Um, the countywide sportsmanship banner for the whole year, which is like the biggest, one of the biggest awards you can get now, which is uh, it's inaugural year in our school won it. So it's like all of the sports, et cetera. So we have now this giant banner that says our league sportsmanship championship and has our school logo on it with a number under it. So, so that's what I do now when I'm not, podcasting is is do all of those things and i i wound up with uh two degrees i have a uh, bs in kinesiology and uh, a master's degree in coaching and exercise science so i'm not only a normal nerd but i'm a buff nerd also so i bring that <laughs> i bring that to the table and isaac you just completed uh firefighter academy so now you're a firefighter congratulations you've been hired onto a crew with cal fire so really at night we're playing flesh and blood heroes but by day we're american heroes (laughs) teachers and firefighters so really just like helping every community we touch by uh existing basically yeah Thanks. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I guess I, so I was a contractor for a while. I went to school in Santa Barbara and studied psychology. Um, then I was a contractor for a while. Um, and I built my house where I grew up, um, outside of town in the country, Oak Woodland, 
if anybody cares. <laughs> and um, yeah, now I uh, I wanted to pursue a career in fire or I wanted to pursue a career in prescription burning, but there's no, uh, or there's very little like careers in that or money in that yet. It's like a field in its infancy. So um, now I am part of Cal Fire, which is a job that pays me to be a firefighter on an <laughs> engine. And I, uh, I'm a volunteer firefighter at our local, um, fire department. I'm on Southern Humboldt technical rescue, which is kind of like fire. And, um, yeah, I'm a member of, uh, PBA, which is a, an, like a grassroots organization that does prescription burning. So that's, I guess, kind of my professional interests at the moment. I, I love to travel rock climb snowboard this isn't your dating profile pretty much anything outside (laughs) (laughs) well you 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 set a high bar with the whole american heroes (laughs) championship basketball the whole speech and i was like well shit okay what do i what is what is isaac about (laughs) Uh, so there you go just getting getting kittens out of trees and saving babies from burning buildings you don't know this before you join fire but there are actually numerous calls for a cat stuck in a tree it's like not a a joke or an exaggeration it's like a real call you can go on which i found pretty funny that's awesome That's really great. Boy, we're just way off these notes. While I check the notes here briefly, Isaac, would you perhaps want to take a look at the Discord for... Okay, Mitch has like 20 questions. Just pick one question of Mitch's and we'll answer some listener questions here before we get to maybe our signature segments. Okay, a couple of <laughs> listener questions for uh, uh, the topic. Also, I want to note that, that in we, our uh, presented to our Discord, in our notes, Isaac was like uh, he, he has muse and wistfully reflect on our friendship, lists all of these things, and one of the things is banging, <laughs> <laughs> comma whatever else we did. And I just thought that was so funny. Thanks. Um, That's a little notes joke for you. <laughs> <laughs> and now for everybody at home, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, also, right. also funny too that, to that you think Colin is maybe going to take over our podcast and push us out. A lot of note jokes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't fucking think about it, Colin. Not even a little bit. <laughs> That's a direction the podcast could go in, you know? <laughs> <laughs> usurped. We totally could get usurped by Colin. Yeah. It's a long con. Well, he has all the he has all the technical prowess, not all of it, no offense, but he has a lot of the technical prowess and a lot of knowledge. And you know, I feel like that's uh, a way that we could get ousted. <laughs> oh, for sure. You're totally right. Yeah, all the passwords are changed, you know, <laughs> and we can't even log into our own Discord or whatever. That's true. <laughs> fuck well revoking his admin his admin privileges right now thank you back to uh back to mitch's question all right i'm picking this one what has been your favorite meta so far 
Way to pick the hardest question. Uh, Starvo? You want, do you want me to go first? <laughs> no. I think, um, you know, Starvo meta was pretty fun, uh, but also pretty terrible at the same time. Uh, I think it's, it's probably a toss up. Okay. So pure nostalgia reasons is early Monarch, you know, post Bane chain band chain. When you can riff bind for 40 with go again, the best, uh, then since then it's probably the current meta I think is really awesome, you know? Maybe also because like Azuri, my new favorite hero, is like really, really viable and really good. Um, so, and it's just a really fun deck to play. But that's a really hard question. What about you, Isaac? Maybe I'll get inspired from you. Yeah, same for me. Nostalgia wise, the Crucible meta was pretty good. Like, yeah, there were a bit of there were some problems like control ninja or like control dash. But then you had like uh Reinar to counter that, or you know, there there are like ways to compete or Durint like tall Dorinthia to just hammer down um because they couldn't block all the damage. So yeah, not a perfect meta, but still like a number of viable heroes. And the the speed of the game allowed for a lot of interactivity. Um and a lot of like, you know, play to right. be expressed from each side. So yeah, I did enjoy that. But yeah, I, I agree with you either. I mean, this m- most of this past year, I guess like post prism ban um, has been like really good. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Phi, but I think the meta like pre uprising and post uprising have both been like really, really healthy. And I'm looking forward to seeing once old him like truly LLs if the aggro decks will have a bit too much breathing room or if like Uzuri and the Rangers will be a nice counter to that and the meta will stay very healthy and open. But yeah, I mean, this has been like the dream really. Like we lived a lot of months and like years even of pretty like condensed metas, like one best deck or a a triangle of best decks and no other decks could compete at all, you know? And like now people just like Dorinthia may win an RTN, you know, or like do well at a pro tour or like Reinar can do well, or, you know, it, it, I mean, it does matter and there are better decks, but uh, you know, it's better than it ever has been. And I've been really, really appreciating the game lately. Yeah. I would definitely say the most recent metas have been, have been the best for sure. Um, and I'm pretty excited for dusk to dawn to come out. Um, Levi Seda, shout out to Levi grinder, uh, asks your impact. This isn't really a question. It's more of a statement, your impact in the community in inspiring other podcasts. So I guess he wants us to talk about that. I don't know if we have inspired other podcasts specifically. 
I would say, I mean, likely because we were one of the first and only, yeah. but you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, you know, we're one of the OGs. I know Tommy fresh from fresh and buds, uh, it ha- was pretty heavily inspired by us. Um, other than that, I'm not really sure. I'm sure it has. And, you know, let us know if that's you, if we inspired you. Yeah. Uh, um, I would shout out you, Taylor, though, on the community side, Taylor initially put in quite a bit of an effort to grow our local community where we didn't really have one doing like learn to plays and contacting stores to get them to like run events or carry product and all that. So now we, you know, still have a small community in a rural area, but we do have a, a small community of card players to enjoy the game with in person. So that was like awesome. And I'm sure each of us very much appreciate that effort, um, you know, that you put in and then all of us put in to uh, make that, make that a reality. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, I think our impact in the community, I think could be bigger Um and part of that is just, you know, our careers and real lives kind of get in the way from us kind of doing the bigger things we really would like to do. Um, you know, things that I think have been a bigger hit have been like the fab fitness challenge or the, uh, rainbow pitch league. Like those are really awesome. And I think much more important than a couple of, straight white dudes talking bi-monthly about crap uh you know so those have been real i think movers in the in the community personally so if we inspired those somehow by them listening to us and just being like hey we want to just do bigger things than that then that's great but i'm not saying that's what actually happened uh this next uh, oh go ahead go ahead go ahead well, I was going to say, because that brings up a, you know, a, an interesting point. It's like a difficult thing to, we really love flesh and blood, or I'll just speak for myself. Um, we really no. love flesh and speak blood. Speak for me. And, it's fine. And, um, you know, want to make the best podcast we can and grow our local community and attend events and play competitively. Um, you know, and one thing I've noticed is like, as kind of with things previously in my life, I have been fairly talented at flesh and blood and put in like a kind of medium or small medium amount of work into it, but then not really been the best I could be at it because of my like divided attention or like lack of true dedication, you know? And that kind of like my life is like that in a lot of ways where it's like my, like my competitive flesh and blood career, um, uh, my investment in the podcast and creating content. And then, you know, that's split by these other things where like, I, I love, like I said, I love to rock climb and I, um, I'm very interested in, um, you know, prescription burning for, um, you know, it's like impact on the planet and the community and, uh, trying to, you know, do something good in the world. Right. And I love to travel and, you know, like all these different things. And it's hard to, it's like, yes, I want to be a better flesh and blood player. And yes, I want to grow a better local community and like go to the game store more and like all these things, but it's hard. Like, where do you make cuts, you know? So I find that 
striking the balance is difficult, but if you want to do more than one thing, you just got to have that, find that hard balance that is, you know, difficult to live with, but you got to, <laughs> I guess that's my little spiel. Totally. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, next question. Why is it always Dory's fault? This is a specific question for Colin. So I guess really like the thing, you know, why it's always Dory's fault, I think is like a deeper, it's like a deeper philosophical question. You know, it, it really speaks to the tenants and like the, the core values of this game where everyone else is kind of playing this like cool game and Dorinthia is just over there being kind of like snarky and poking you with her sword. Like one of the best values, one for three, like, and then you can swing it twice, like almost a hundred percent of the time, you know? And then when they don't, you know, they do that, like, Oh, glistening CNC, like, Oh, I did this. I did the Dorinthia sidestep into CNC and just ruined your day. And you're just like, you ruined my day when you sat down and said you were going to play Dorinthia. So like that's already happened. And now you're just rubbing it in the whole time. Like, yeah, I get it. You're swinging a sword. You're really proud about it. Oh, guess what? It's singing steel blade. I'm going to go get whatever card I want from my deck and just play it. Like, what is this bullshit? Then they have glistening steel blade. How many steel blades do they need? Every single one is broken. Steel blade supremacy? Get the fuck out of here. I can't even believe I have to play against these cards. Oh yeah, I just get everything I want. Iron song determination? Oh my god, I'm gonna believe my mind. I can't believe that we have to play against this hero and I'm so glad, so glad that she's not actually viable and only, you know, sometimes wins events and I've only ever seen her in a couple times but apparently every single time they're in an event they play me and they just wreck my fucking day because I guess I don't know how to block and she's like, oh, did you block? I'm gonna kill you. Oh, you didn't block? I'm gonna kill you. And it's like, well, cool. No matter what I did, I got totally effed and now I'm just sitting here being like, wow, Dorinthia, it's all your fucking fault. Thank you, Colin. Very great answer. I love that. Um, yeah, perfect. As always. Yeah, yeah totally. Classic Colin. <laughs> um, so Nathan wants to know, how important is it to have that third party place to hang out with friends? What Huge. does he mean by that? <laughs> Does he think we have well, a third house or something like that? No, you have your place of work and your home and uh, your third place. Mm, right. Gotcha. Your yeah. uh your skate rink or the bar or you know, the game store or like whatever it is, right? Book club. Because, yeah, if you don't have that third place, your life can become, you know, just like home and work. And, you know, your family is at home maybe, and like maybe home is like a very positive place for you, but I think it's very easy to get burnt out between home and work. And then you're just working to like, you know, supply your home. And then your home is just like a place to rest because you're exhausted and have to go back to work, and, you know, and then it's like, it's not until you get to that third place that you like recoup some of that, um, some of that energy and some of that life that you've been like missing or maybe not knowing you've been missing gotcha. um, until you start to like enjoy that third place. 
Was this a self-help book that I did not read and both you and Nate read? Is that, is that what happened? No, it's James White's whole spiel about, you know, you got to have that third place. And for oh. him, it was always the game store growing up. Nice. I guess I'm just not, I feel shamed now from not being as big of a Jimmy Blanco fan as I thought I was. Fuck. Yeah. So he's, he's always, uh, you know, for him playing in the flesh and blood is really important. And that's the name of the game and the in-person play, you know, online client and all of that, because, um, for him, the third place is like so important to provide that for people Yeah, and to be, you know, enjoyed by people. So creating a, a resource or a fuel or whatever of the third place is like his main goal. That's awesome. Yeah. Nate, I would say, (laughs) I would say it's crazy important and, uh, has never been a thing I struggled with in my life is finding an outlet or, um, a hobby, a passion, have you, what have you, um, for better or for worse, um, for my other relationships in my life. But it is something I hold extremely valuable is having that third place, that, that extra hobby that is a space where you can play, you know, just play. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, every person needs something like that you know not not it doesn't just mean like reading or something like that it it definitely does mean like a communal thing that happens that you get to be a part of out you know and it's and it's a passion of yours so yeah yeah and for me it's like I will just me personally, I will definitely like, if I only have like work or whatever I'm doing at home, I will either kind of run myself into the ground being like overproductive or like overly driven or whatever. And, um, you know, suffer like higher stress levels and just like, it's a bit unsustainable or on the flip side, if I like am not engaged enough, I'll get like, not like emotionally depressed, but kind of like energy depressed. Like I'm like, not like I need, I need a mission or like a way to be productive or like a goal, you know? And, um, so I can be stuck in one or two or between those two things. And that's kind of like home and work. So having my third place allows me to break the, like, uh, the, the driven part of me and just go like, you know, hang on the face of a rock and be a hundred percent in the moment and just not even be aware that there's like anything else out there or any other time or any other place or any other people. And just completely, or, you know, I'm like playing my cards and thinking about the line and it's like, there never has been anything else, but this right interaction battle I'm waging yeah. You know, yeah. For, yeah. for me, it's, it's very mentally healthy that way. Yeah, totally. Great question, Nate. Um, should we get into our most famous signature segment here before we, uh, get into our, our sign off? We've been, been at this for almost, seems like two hours now or something. So could wrap it up. You mean pick pass pro, eh? That's correct. Woo. 
Ooh, so we started this way back Woo. in the day as something to do, um, and uh, we've been basically doing it ever since. So the idea is here that I fucking love this segment, Taylor. I fucking love it. I love playing this game. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we have a bunch of other segments we usually do, but um, Pick, Pass, Prey is our OG segment. So I'm going to give you three cards, Isaac. It's a draft scenario. You're going to pick one, pass one, and pray the other one comes back around. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay, first card up is Frailty Trap. It's an Assassin Ranger Defense Reaction Trap. Defends for three, costs zero, pitches for one, and it reads, when this defends an attack with go again, create a Frailty Token under the attacking hero's control. Okay, second card is Wither Red. Costs zero, defends for three, attacks for three, and is Assassin attack action it has stealth and it reads when this hits a hero create a frailty token under the control third and final card is sneak attack red pitches for one cost two attacks for three defends for two and is assassin attack action and it reads if you've played or activated activated an attack reaction this chain link Sneak attack has plus four. So, Isaac, which one are you going to pick, pass, and pray comes back around? Mm, this is a good one. Um, uh, ooh. Bit of a homage mm. to Assassin here. That's pretty good. I'm going to pick <sighs> Frailty Trap. Mm. And mm-hmm. I'm going to pray that wither comes back around sneak mm-hmm. attack pretty good but i'm not trying to force uzuri unless you know somebody passes me maybe something better than red sneak attack um but frailty trap i think red wither is actually a bit better but frailty trap is just like playable in so many decks and like even in maybe azalea maybe the worst deck it's playable in it still is pretty good as long as you don't have too many like non-arrow non-pumps um so just you know blocks for three and the frailty can be really impactful so i'm i'm pretty sold on this card red wither is excellent the hit effect is actually relevant if it follows a spider's bite or because so many cards just block two um and having a good hit effect in of itself without even having go again from arachne or you swap it out with azuri to then play later um I think is a really, really strong card. And now I'm kind of talking myself into red wither, but um, <laughs> that's, that's how I'm doing it. So I'll okay. pray red wither comes back around. Gotcha. Yeah. Three red cards makes it a little challenging. Um, you know, I think that frailty trap is pretty good, but in terms of the traps, I kind of like the other ones better because they're like giving a blood rot or an inertia messes up the rest of their or like the end of their turn. Whereas frailty trap might not be impactful. Um, it might just mean like it, it, it could block for four, which is pretty good. Like 
Kadachi frailty trap means they can't use the other Kadachi, but then you're blocking using a three block on a one to to block two basically. So mm-hmm. I I want to pick sneak attack first. It's just a it's it's one of the most damaging attacks you can have for Azuri. You know it doesn't have a hit effect, which is upsetting. But sometimes the the fact that they block for six and you still get a point of damage through is really important. So, um, and it's like the rare in the pack allegedly. So I'm going to take sneak attack, but I'm really going to pray that wither comes back around because that's a great signal um, that you know assassin is really going to be open. And like you said, wither is just like a really has a really applicable hit effect against all of the heroes and it's a stealth card to swap blocks for three etc and i'm gonna let frailty trap go even though i do really like the traps and especially because it's a hybrid card it, it lets you stay a little bit more open but that's what i'm going with pick sneak attack pray for wither pass on frailty nice yeah i uh if it was any two for six with a hit effect i would pick that first because it's right. playable in multiple yeah. decks i think yeah. i was turned off a sneak attack because it's like an uzuri only card yeah but totally really hard to play well, in arachne a, a very powerful card yeah yeah totally yeah it kind of locks you into frailty i mean uh azuri uh well thank you so the last thing we wanted to do was just kind of mention all of our current patreon patrons by name and just give you all just like a big uh audio hug and just you know shout you out how much we really really appreciate that you spend some of your earnings to support us we we've gotten some isaac's using a new microphone uh mine will be here as soon as isaac decides he wants to hang out with me uh so he can give it to me with a, a number of other goodies he has. Come over, hang out. <laughs> I know school's school's almost over here. Um, but we just can't thank you all enough. And it's just really, really, um, it just means the world to us that you would spend your money uh, to give it to us so that we could continue this wild endeavor that we're coming up on three years for. So, our patrons in no specific order and uh sorry if i get your last name wrong i'm really Should sorry we just about do that. first names uh we can sure we'll do last first name and last name first letter so reese t alex m michael r daniel w adam r Jake H. Uh, Alex. Well, which you uh, don't have a last name and maybe actually aren't a patron anymore. You've given us zero dollars. <laughs> but but thank you. Uh, Nicholas S. Huge shout out to Nicholas S. What a bro. On it. Our very first supporter. Oh yeah, peep the the freaking affiliate link in all of our show notes. 
on it is the best in the biz in terms of singles, flesh and blood singles. Alejandro G. Levi S. Nathaniel F. Kelly C. Zane. Shout out to Zane. What a what a dude. He's I can see him on Discord right now on Tabletop Simulator fucking grinding it out for Battle Hardened LA. Sean C. Nice. Jesse Ice Lexi Guy. Patrick J. Peyton L. Noah H. Jeremy D. I think Jeremy is an OG from the like uh facebook norcal fab page i think jeremy if that's you please please hit us up thank you so much early days of fab sean m zachary c colin h shout out again to colin shawningman uh kirk b of kirk fab db the original database for all your flesh and blood stuff chris m hayden b the true australian hayden devin m manuel the most ogiest of ogs manuel love that dude. azalea azalea fan what's up manuel levia fan tree aficionado um <laughs> let's see and then uh, the the realist of the reels, uh, Thor Mike, legit, and uh, Mike P. Thank you. Thank you all so much. I appreciate it. Y'all are the best. And uh, what more can I say, really? Yeah. Huge thank you. We love and appreciate you all. We totally do. So to uh to close us out here i just wanted to say since we've uh walked down memory lane for this pod and just chatted about um our experiences um if anybody has any input into directions we go on the podcast um you know like more content on a certain hero or different kinds of content you would like to see um just things you like things you don't like um any feedback in general if you want to reach out um we appreciate the youtube video comments we appreciate the the traffic and chatter and debates and suggestions in our discord um just reach out whatever you want whenever you want we love to hear from you guys and gals and everybody because when taylor and i record this we're just chatting together and that's great and it's you know very nice to talk with you taylor about fab but we get no uh you know direct feedback even though we're talking to a, a fairly large audience um so if there's anything you'd like to see or hear or you know anything you'd like to say just reach out and say it don't don't be scared <laughs> yeah hopefully you feel like we're a couple of nice guys now that you heard our podcast huh i'm watching a lot of sopranos also <laughs> Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't need to go off of those jokes. Isaac, you're totally correct. Uh, feedback is much appreciated. Uh, thank you, all of the supporters and our audience. We really appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy this 
this episode. Look forward to our next episode after I win the Battle Hardened LA and the AG Open and Commentator of the Year Award. So I'll have all of those trophies to come back and present you. Nice. The first commentator to take down a major flesh and blood tournament <laughs> while commentating. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Because <laughs> I have perfect information. It's super easy to win <laughs> when I get a look at your hand every turn. Uh, okay, great. That's our episode. We'll see you uh, in the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at the Attack Action Podcast. On Twitter, we are at Battlebro Taylor and at Battlebro Isaac. Shoot us an email, the Attack Action Podcast at gmail.com. If you would like to support us, like and subscribe, shop for singles using our affiliate link, or support our Patreon for as little as $4 per month. And like she's from this like place where they're actively colonizing the natural landscape around them and like driving out the brute people. Like, what the hell is that all about? What gives her the right to be the one that's going in and like, oh, I'm gonna kill these people on their land because you know we're Solano, we want to do that. Oh, I'm Dory, and it's just like, I don't know, I don't know why. Why are you doing that? It seems messed up, and. You know, I'm just not here for it. And then you're going to come hit me with glistening steel blades. You get go again. And then you're going to hit me with twinning blades. You could swing your stupid sword again because it only hits. You can do it only again if you hit already. Like so many stupid cards and mechanics that just like, like, oh, I always have go again. Oh, I always have plus three. Oh, I'm coming in for like plus six because you thought you could block this. And you're just like, what the fuck, man? I fucking hate playing against you. You suck so fucking much and I don't want to have to do it anymore.